We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack of Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Packaday Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. Welcome, in everyone, to another edition of the Packaday Podcast. Thanks for joining us again today. My name is Dan Kotnick. And joining me today, uh, my usual every other Tuesday partner, it's the one, the only, Janelle Mackey. Janelle, how are you doing today? Are you have you have you come down at all yet from the high of of Sunday night? Oh, absolutely not. I have <laughs> had a consistent smile on my face. I know since we're every other Tuesday, we were kind of we were coming off that Saints game last time. <clears throat> last time yeah. we talked and. We were like, okay, we get to record after the 49ers game. We kind of end up with those not-so-fun games to talk about, but we actually have something so positive and so fun to talk about today, and I am stoked because we don't get a lot of these opportunities together. Yeah. So to be able to talk about the big win, and usually it's the big loss that we get to talk about or just like an okay win, but we get we get a big win, and I yeah, I just – it the end of that game and like all the videos and the pictures, it almost felt movie-esque where it was like, this is just, it's so like, so feel good moment. And yeah, there's, there's no chance that I'm, yeah, I didn't get any sleep last night. I was just too excited. My adrenaline was pumping too much. And those, those night games, I usually don't sleep after them. If we have a big win like that, cause you know, you just, all you want to do is talk about it and read about it and, mm-hmm all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, not a, not a bad problem to have when, you know, going to Santa Clara and win in prime time. And yeah, I'm sure you have a lot of the same feelings. <laughs> oh, had yeah. The exact same feelings. Um, I was on the last day of my honeymoon and ended up getting to watch the game with uh, some family that we were, we were near when we were visiting uh, in Colorado. And let me just say the people uh, I know Janelle, you're on Central Time, and it, yep. a vast majority of our listenership in the Wisconsin area, all on Central Time. So you're an hour behind me when I'm usually on the East Coast. But man, watching football on Mountain Time is is the bee's knees for me. It's going to be really hard for me to get back in the swing of this again. Cause yeah, because I guess those games end up a lot like a seven thirty game for me is eight thirty for you. That yeah, like eight, like the primetime games. Eastern started at 8:30. I watched this Sunday night game at started at 6:20 and it got over at 9:30. Like you could you could still make it out to the bars and and like be have hours like multiple hours of that's drinking. Rid- ridiculously ideal because you know West Coast it's like okay 5:30 that seems like it's too early. Right. It's one but, just one hour too early yeah oh, the, what an what an experience you had it, like, the perfect was, like this literally was prime time football for you yeah oh no exactly exactly prime time it was in getting to watch it with some family that i don't see very often it was just the perfect combination that game all in all overall for everybody i'm sure if you're a packer fan i mean that game perfect all the boxes. To, your, to your honeymoon trip <laughs> right oh it was yeah no it was the perfect the perfect little cherry on top of uh of everything. So 
Yeah, the Packers win 30-28 in Santa Clara, which, thank God, like, finally a game. I had no expectation going into this game, Janelle. I don't know about you. <laughs> I, I felt I felt very poor about uh, about everything. I still have the PTSD from a couple of years ago. Um, and I just – I felt like the 49ers team was going to put up much more of a fight. And really all I wanted to see out of this Packers team was to do just that, put up a bit of a fight not roll over like you did against the Saints, not roll over like you do in some of those other big games that we've seen over the last couple of years. Not only did they not do that, but they actually stood up and really impressed against a – it was an injured team, but that that's still a formidable 49ers team. Oh, and the Packers had their share of injuries too, so it's not like exactly. they came in 100% healthy. You know, they're playing with a third-string left tackle who is his first start. So, yeah, I think uh, it, it was just – a lot of fun to go in and exercise those demons for sure, especially against a team that has kind of had our number for a while now. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice to kind of just get that off our chest and see the vintage Packers football and the Aaron Rodgers that we know that, you know, the way that they can play Mm -hmm. because, you know, that first game, obviously against the Saints fluke game, just nothing going right. And then you kind of get the bounce back game against the lions, but because it's not, much of a contender team you're kind of like okay I still have my my kind of question mark sitting in my head so to be able to come in and do what they did yeah it yeah it it, there's it leaves me speechless just because you know god bless Mason Crosby (laughs) yeah I mean it was it was a vintage Aaron Rodgers game that 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 sums it up it's it's vintage Aaron Rodgers a defense that was actually playing aggressive and playing good football and an offense that just looked completely in sync, like they could do really no wrong. That, that That's just classic Aaron Rodgers football. And it's nice to see them come out strong where yeah. it's not, you know, it took a quarter to get dialed in. They came out hot right away. Um, obviously going down, you know, only getting a field goal, but at least you're getting points on your opening drive. And then Kenny Clark really set the tone on that defense oh, yeah. on that first defensive drive. So that was a lot of fun to see. And yeah, this defense looked much much different in such a better way like the you know we've had our questions about it you know what's Joe Barry gonna do all the talents there and it was just really nice to see all the pieces come together now (laughs) waiting for special teams to click in a little bit but you know kind of (laughs) you know it was really only I think the one fluke that I can think of so even even special teams you know everybody's gonna make their mistakes so as long as it's only that one then you know that's that's a pretty good game (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean, that's going to lead right into everything that we're talking about. We're going to do some stock up, stock down reports here after the game. Obviously, this is a much different conversation than we had two weeks ago where it seemed everyone was trending down. And now it's hard to find anybody that's not trending upwards after uh, after this game. Um, I, I think last last time we talked, we started with the negative so we could end on a positive. I think today we flip it and we talk about all of our positives first. And then, then we can kind. We'll finish off with just a few smaller negatives because I, I think even the negatives that we could find are they're not that they, they don't feel as pressing anymore after a win, right? right? Yeah, and most most of our episodes end up being negative anyways. So right. let's let's kind of have a, a more a ninety ten split. <laughs> let's cram the positive down your throat right now. Um, so I mean, honestly, like I well, like I said, everyone could be on this stock up report. It feels like. Um, the first one I want to give one to, and I want to I want to single this person out specifically. I think you could argue that the rest of this group played at or even above his level, but Yash Nyman, um, yep. when it when it was when it was released that Elton Jenkins was going to be out, and that Yash Nyman was going to be starting at left tackle against Joey Bosa. Uh, I was I was in the camp that I, I literally it, it like it that took all the expectation off of the game for me because I was lost I was I was a little shocked I'm, I I literally had conversations with multiple people being asking the question you paid the money to bring in Billy Turner and Dennis Kelly to be mm-hmm. tackles <clears throat> Yash Nyman got pantsed multiple times in the in the preseason the the first preseason that we've really gotten to see a full Yash Nyman and now he's now he's starting at left tackle against Joey Bosa 
against a, a 49ers front that has decimated this Packers offense over the last couple of years. Like I, 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 I just didn't understand it. And now I guess I, I guess I do. I guess I, I guess I, I'm a believer now. Uh, you know, it, it, it reiterates the fact that we are fans. We don't see the people, we don't see the guys at practice. We don't see what's going on behind the scenes. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, the, the the coaching staff all believed that this was the right move to make. And the whole offensive line as a whole played amazing football. But I want to specifically give my apologies and grovel to the, the feet of Josh Nyman because I think he played an outstanding game. I think he got dinged for maybe one, one penalty. I think, but giving up one sack to that front, that front, uh, that front seven of San Francisco, uh, hats off to Yash Nyman and the whole offensive line. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I'll, I'll say someone different because there's, I want to try and get as many yeah. positives as we can. But yeah, Nyman was definitely top of my list to come in as the third string left tackle, and obviously, I think it was Rob Domofsky. They, everybody knew kind of the line that they were going with during practice, but obviously we're not allowed to know that information. And a lot of us were kind of speculating, you know, are they going to kick Billy Turner out to left tackle, put Dennis Kelly in at right tackle. So it was actually kind of surprising to see them work Nyman, but obviously, you know, they know what they're doing. I will never question the judgment of the offensive line coach because everything, you know, it's one of the the most stable things about this team. So it really was fun to see the depth of this offensive line pull through and Nyman be able to step in to such an important game, you know, prime time matching up against Boza protecting Aaron Rodgers. It's just, it's a tough situation to get thrown into. And he was lights out. It was incredible. And that whole line in general, like stock stock up for sure on that whole line, Mm -hmm. just, you know, the young guys, the, the less seasoned ones coming in and just doing their job and, yeah, Rogers only getting sacked one time. He had he had pretty good protection, a lot of time to find guys, and that really opened up the passing game. And that was kind of one of the things that I said going into this. I actually, you know, you're you're more pessimistic. I'm more optimistic, yes. and that's kind of like why we're we're yin yang here on Pack a Day, and uh-huh. it works like that. But you know, I I just kind of trusted you know what they're gonna do, and I just I hoped for. My my expectations were a little bit lower, and I just kind of hoped that they would give Rodgers enough time, but mm-hmm. they gave him a lot of time. So, yeah, this this offensive line, it's insane, and just wait till they get Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari back because Aaron Rodgers is going to have 30 seconds to throw that ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the whole offensive line. Because I, I literally think about – somebody said this, uh, and it, it's it's crazy to think about – Josh Nyman, I'm pretty the second year, second year guy. John Runyon, second year guy. You've got two rookies at center and right guard, and then Billy Turner at right tackle. Yeah. That that's and and to play and dominate really the way that they did, so surprising. And so yeah, hats off the whole offensive line stock way, way up for all yeah. five of those guys. And then somebody who I'm kind of going to stay on the offensive side of things, mm-hmm. uh, somebody who got really involved early and he was a little bit quiet in the stats, but everything he was doing was really important. And that's Alan Lazard, you know, yes. really, really opened up that passing game early on. It was really nice to see him connect with 12, um, you know, just the wide receivers haven't, haven't been super involved, you know, obviously Saints, nobody was involved and it was the Aaron Jones show against the Lions. So the receivers really got involved and it was a lot of fun to see Alan Lazard just kind of spark something. And then he didn't have a lot in the air, but his blocking is also so important to this team. And he does the little things, which is incredibly important. And it's not always about building the stats, making the big play. He does the little things that help his teammates succeed. And yeah, Alan Lazard, he, it, it was really just fun to see him get involved and you really just like to watch and appreciate what he does out there and for this offense. Yeah. I, I, I'm honestly so, so happy you brought up Alan Lazard because he was, he was on my list as well to talk about. And on, it was actually for, not for the reasons that you were talking about. Um, it had nothing to do with any of his play at all. It was that Matt LaFleur 
uh, today said that Alan Lazard went straight to Mo oh, Drayton, special yep. teams coordinator, right after that kickoff return that set up the big the big touchdown right before the half that really changed the whole momentum and outlook of that game, and and pretty much demanded to be put on the kickoff return unit to prevent that from happening ever again. And everything you said there, Janelle, describes exactly like that 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 incident that moment sums up it sums up everything that you were saying a guy that does not really care about being the number 1 number 2 number 3 guy doesn't care about where he's in the depth chart how many targets he's getting he came out he saw an issue going on with this team and he said i have the ability i have i have the opportunity to come in and help fix this situation put me to work and make let, let's make this team better by utilizing me where you need me right now. It might not be on offense, but it's here. Let's make this better. Yeah. And I love that from him. I, I completely forgot about that because I haven't been able to check uh check news or phone or anything yeah. today. So I do remember kind of just skimming and seeing that. And I was like, man, that is an ideal teammate. That is a locker room guy. That's a guy who's here to win. That's the kind of guy you want on the field, off the field, in the locker room, just somebody who, is ready to work and do the nitty gritty and you know yeah maybe he's not out there catching for 80 yards and a touchdown every game but if he's out there on special teams to help the team win you know that's I I love that mentality from Lazard and yeah stock up on him for sure (laughs) yeah um my next one I want to get on I'm going to switch over to the defense and again I'm going to go a little bit more nebulous with this one but just the whole the whole defensive line as a unit, you mentioned yeah. Kenny Clark specifically, and Kenny Clark deserves that that notoriety because there was a couple times where he he made guys look incredibly stupid. Oh yeah, like like out sh- like like it like the talent disparity. It was it was crazy to see the way that he just blew guys up. Where it was like, I like I know that Kenny Clark is one of the best, right? But he usually doesn't dominate guys like he was and he was just moving guys around and then out of nowhere Dean Lowry or uh, or excuse me Tyler Lancaster Dean Lowry both coming in there making semi appearances that were affecting the play we saw we had a Preston Smith sighting Jonathan Garvin got involved Rashawn and Gary all of like the pass rush that we've been dying dying to see over the last two weeks finally shows up in the biggest way possible and and again at at one of the position groups that personally I thought and I think a lot of people thought was going to be one of the strong suits for the 49ers run the ball at this offense or this defensive line that has not been able to to uh hold the hold their positions hold the edges you know even with even with a banged up offense or a a banged up offensive backfield where you have Trey Sermon I think Trey Sermon is going to be going to be a great NFL player. I assumed, you know, throwing Trey Lance in there, it it was going to, it was just going to not be pretty. And those guys, all of them on the, on the, on the pass rush, the run stop, a fantastic game up and down the line for every single one of them. I can't say enough about that whole unit. Right. And you mentioned the guys who we kind of didn't even know if we would see them on the active roster this year with Lowry and Lancaster guys who it's like, okay, what are they doing? What are they bringing? Every single person came and did their job and that's what makes it work like this and yeah Kenny Clark I did mention him setting the tone early and my gosh he was just bullying Garoppolo Mm -hmm. I mean I would be absolutely terrified if I saw (laughs) Kenny Clark running at me like that so it was just nice to see that pressure because that's one of the things where it was like okay the running game for the 49ers is banged up so if you get that pressure on Garoppolo he's gonna really struggle and obviously it showed so it was really nice to see this defense come in and, you know, maybe that's a lot of kudos to Joe Barry. Maybe his stock goes up a little bit because things got a little bit more figured out. And yeah, it was just, this defense looks so different and it really showed all the potential that they have because we know the talent is there and that they've been building for it. So it was really nice to see the execution from them. And yeah, Kenny Clark really got the ball rolling early, but yeah, I remember like seeing Preston Smith involved and Gary and just every single guy was out there making plays and it, it was awesome to see, and that that truthfully helps this game so much. And when the defense can go out there and make those stops, and yeah, I'm surprised that they they kind of didn't run on them a little bit more. But 
I mean, my gosh, Jimmy Garoppolo really just didn't have much time to do anything, and that's why he's out there heaving balls to Jair Alexander down the field. So it was, <laughs> it was just a lot of fun. This defense as a whole was just a lot of fun to watch. And, yeah, of course, they're going to have their flukes. They're not perfect. They're, the 49ers are a good team. They're going to have their scoring drives. It is what it is. But for the most part, I was extremely impressed, and I really hope that this is the team that we get to see the rest of the year and it's not just, you know – kind of a, a primetime exhilaration. So yeah. I'm hoping that they're able to come out because Pittsburgh's going to be another tough team. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that they kind of keep this increase going. So, yeah, I, I again, we're trying to find specific people, but it's like you just want to give credit everybody. to everybody right. because everybody looks so good. Yeah. Well, do you, do you have another, do you have another uh, one specifically you want to focus on? Yeah, uh, sticking on that defensive side, I have really enjoyed Campbell. He is just all over the place. Yeah. He's, so he's He's got a bunch of, like, all those almost plays where it's like he's almost getting that pick. He's almost, you know, it's just I, I really like the flashes I've seen of him. And, um, you know, we saw a lot of him against the Lions, and we're seeing a lot of him now against the, um, the 49ers. And... He's one of those guys where, you know, his time is coming and he did have that pick in week two. And he's just one of those guys who's really hungry out there. And I absolutely love it. And I'm excited to see him perform more. And yeah, he he's somebody who has definitely been catching my eye just because it's like plays are being made and you see him there. He's involved. He's all over the place. And yeah, he's somebody who I am definitely going to continue to keep my eye on. And I hope that he continues to get better as the weeks go on. Yeah, it, it's weird because like I, I mentioned this on uh, on Lombardi's bar a couple of weeks ago, where like Campbell was probably he was the biggest free agent signing the Packers had this offseason. and you haven't heard anything about him, right? You know, like when the Smith brothers came in, it was it was the Smith brothers show. Every yeah. like you know the last the last think back to like the last five six seasons. Every time there was a big free agent signing, Jimmy Graham, Martellus Bennett, uh, Jared Cook, Julius Peppers, you heard their names. You heard them in the locker room. You heard stories about them. You saw what they were doing on the offense or the defense. You 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 knew their names and you knew they were there. Campbell, it feels like, showed up and no one really like no one kind of there was no there was no fanfare around him. You know, no one, no one was focusing on him. No one was talking about him. And so it was kind of like, what are we expecting now? You know, is is this going to be another Christian Kirksey uh, situation where he comes in and, you know, average, you know, is average, you know, tackle wise doesn't, you know, doesn't really pan out, but you're right now, Campbell, the last starting last week and now even into this week, He's quietly making a name for himself, and and it's going to be really fun to see this keep ramping up with him. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I just I love that whenever the camera flashes to a play, it's like he's there. And yeah, yeah I it's really surprising how quiet things were around him. So yeah, he kind of he didn't get a lot of the the praise coming in. So he's really out there earning it and working for it. And I mean, I I really appreciate that from him because it's it's not going to be too long before everybody does know his name. Yeah. Um, my, my last, uh, stock up, and this is, this is sort of a, just a, a small, one. it's not anything big. It, it's Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Um, I I've, I've been, this has been my one knock on him. His whole career is when things start to get a little sticky, things get a little hairy. The game plan goes out the window, you know? And and there was the there was the one drive where uh, right after the Devonte Adams hit to the head, which we'll, I'm sure we're going to get to here in a second, um, <laughs> where it like it was like the game plan kind of just went went to the wayside. Comes back to it, the and and, and throughout the whole the whole the, the game before then, had the perfect game plan executed and didn't get away from it. Always stood by it, setting up the run not not doing anything outside of the ordinary not trying to force things to Devonte Adams and not trying to force it to you know whoever or make something work did exactly what they needed to do 
set up the perfect game plan to beat this team. You you would think coming into it where, at least in my mind, with the offensive line issues and the front seven again for the 49ers, that you would never run this ball. This is going to be another Saints game where Aaron Rodgers throws it 45 times again. Mm-hmm. Didn't do that. Played the game perfectly. I loved, especially around the goal line, the, the play execution and play calling at the goal line. Superb. Uh, I loved all of it. So just uh, a, a small little stock up for Matt LaFleur that hopefully we keep like keep this going. Keep when when things when things get a little rocky or things are, you know, with, easily could have abandoned that game plan when the, the 49ers got within three in the second half there. Kept it, kept the kept the course, kept it going. Keep doing that, Matt. Just stay with this offense because this offense will keep working if you do it the right way. It doesn't always have to be pretty or work exactly how you want it, but just trust the process of the offense and it'll keep working and paying off for you, Matt, like it did uh, this uh, this Sunday. Packers football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code code Packaday to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, and I think it's funny because I think we both had his stock going down. Yeah. That first week, so yep. yeah, his stock definitely goes back up and. I think the moment that I realized Matt LaFleur was really dialed in on this game was uh, that that pass to Devontae where he basically just walked into the end zone. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I love this scheme. Like everything is just working and it's clicking and the coaching and the players and it was all just, it was working. And I think the biggest compliment to Matt LaFleur was Shanahan giving him the cold shoulder after mm-hmm. the game, you know, the, the really quick uh, kind of like, like Zimmer. Just yep. The, yep, the slide by, you know, congrats, not even really acknowledging <laughs> him. And that that's that's one of the biggest compliments is when the other coach, you know, especially Shanahan, who 
has really done some damage to this Packers team just kind of brushes him off. It's like, yeah, yeah that means Matt LaFleur outperformed for sure. Yeah. And that, that play on the goal line, what you're talking about, the Devontae Adams one, that is, that is, that is such a sexy ass play. I like, mm-hmm. I, I want to highlight that play to, to fake the jet sweep, to then fake the handoff, to then throw to the guy who fakes the jet sweep should be illegal with this offense because how does that play not work every every right. single time? Like, I just in. love that. That whole setup is just perfect, and that that's what and that's what we've been talking about is that's how the offense is supposed to work. That that motion, the eye candy, and and it that's how that's that's unstoppable when you, when it works like that. Um, so so we said pretty much everybody could be stuck up at this point. We do have to look, let's look at some stock down. Um, I think let's get, let's get the first one, the one that we've already brought up out of the way, special teams again. (laughs) Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to focus it and say the special teams other than Mason Crosby, Corey Bajorquez and Hunter, uh, yeah, Hunter Bradley. Yep. I mean, Mason Crosby, his stock obviously went up. I mean, I don't know how much higher Mason Crosby's stock can get. But you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to put the make some room between Lambo and Lombardi statues, and give me a Mason Crosby statue out front. That's yep. I'm at that point right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd bet the barn on him. I mean, like never, never not buy stock in Mason Crosby. He, yeah, he is so unbelievably clutch, and I cannot believe we are so blessed to have him because. And I don't know if you saw the picture of how damn close it was to getting blocked. Because I knew watching that, I was like, oh my gosh, that guy on the edge is coming around. It's really close. But I didn't realize how close it was. And, you know, Mason Crosby just does Mason Crosby things. And, yeah, whatever the ceiling is for his stock, you know, he punches through it every week. So, yeah, Mason Crosby is – he's always – he is always exempt when we talk about special teams. He has the asterisk where it's like special teams, not Mason Crosby. Right. And and then throw on top of that, made the touchdown saving tackle oh my God. on the kickoff return. Yes. I, when Mason Crosby has to go out there and put his body on someone, it stresses me out and makes my, my teeth grit so hard. It's like, come on. Because, I mean, I don't want him to get hurt either. So, right. you know, somebody else make a tackle. So our silver Fox doesn't have to. <laughs> and then also, I mean, I throw in, I want to throw in uh Bohorquez as well mm-hmm. because three punts averaging just shy of 55 yards on all of them with a long of, I think 60, 64 or 67. I just had it up here. 63, a long of 63. Yeah. The only the three times where this offense stalled, you've got a guy that completely flips the field. I mean, 50, 54 yards. If even if you go three and out at your own twenty-five, you've automatically now flipped it to the team starting at their own twenty. At, at that point, now that's that's something we haven't seen the last couple of years with J.K. Scott. And so to come in and start doing this, like that's a breath of fresh air. But we are we are on the stock. Say, this, this is stock down, and we're still talking <laughs> about all the positives. We're, we are stocked down. I mean, just that that just terrible terrible kick coverage on on that i mean that really that play changes the whole outcome of the game because mm-hmm. if they don't score even if they just score three points there and they score a touchdown on, the, on that next opening drive let, let's say that stays the same to to have it be now a a three-point game instead of a seven-point game that changes the whole the whole makeup of that game even just going into half that the the attitude of, of going into half down 17-7 versus 17-3 or 17-0 just change that just changed the perception of everything and to give it up at that point like it's that whole inside Janelle you're a hockey person they say <laughs> that what are the most important minutes the first two and the last two minutes of every period yeah same same with football the last two minutes of every half you can't let up a mistake like that. And it's just, it's such a simple thing of being in the right, running the right routes. Follow, like it, that's just so simple. It's not like they did anything special, you know? 
And right. it's it's, and it's been something that's over and over again that how like how is this still an issue? Right. And it just kind of it it kills the momentum too when mm-hmm. you know maybe you're coming off of a score and you're kicking it and then they do something like that. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating where it's it's kind of just the fundamentals aren't being used and and maybe, you know, I'm just watching at home, so I don't know exactly what's going on out there, but I mean, I just feel like this happens way too much where it's like teams should not be getting this many yards on kick and punt returns. So I don't understand, you know, are guys just getting blocked? Are they not in their, in their slots? Like, I I don't, I'm just so confused as to why no matter what this team does, special teams is just kind of always that like, uh Oh, if they don't do well, you know, it could really change the game and, you know, yeah, the defense is playing well, the offense is playing well, but if special teams goes out there and kind of lays an egg and makes these mistakes, good teams will capitalize on that. And yeah, lucky we're lucky that the 49ers only had that one big play because my gosh, that, that really could have kind of turned things sideways for this Packers team. So thankfully wasn't horrendous, but you know, it wasn't great. So I, I still, I still need to see more from the special teams and you know what? If Lazard has to go out there, then you put Lazard out there because yeah. at this point I am willing to do whatever it takes for them to be able to just stop somebody back on like the 20 yard line. I, I'm 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 ready to start throwing uh Aaron Rodgers out there on, on kick coverage if it's gonna <laughs> if it's gonna work. Like whoever. I, yeah. yeah. The 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 famous the line my one of my favorite lines from a movie, War Games, if anyone Matthew Broderick check it out 1980s i'd piss on a spark plug if i thought it could help like anything at this point man <laughs> to to make this special teams work I, i'll do it i don't care what it is like i, I put dress matt lafleur up on on there and throw him out there i don't care make it happen um yeah. janelle what's your first uh stock down mine is i i kind of feel bad because he didn't really give himself a chance to have his stock go up but unfortunately, with Kevin King being out due to an illness and Stoke mm-hmm. coming in and playing as well as he did, I kind of think that drops Kevin King's stock down a little bit. And I'm saying, you know, I really hope that he's healthy and, you know, I never root for a player to right. be sick or be injured. But I do think that with him not playing and giving Stokes that opportunity and Stokes looking as good as he did. I mean, yeah, of course, there's a few plays here and there, ones that, you know, flags that shouldn't have happened. Uh, Big <laughs> time. Part, like, him matched up against Debo Samuel, it was impressive as hell. It was so fun, especially on that, that last drive. I think it was the last drive by the 49ers where he's just out there breaking the passes, and it just looks so natural to him. And, you know, only three games in at this point, but I think – the way Stokes is playing and the way Kevin King is playing, I think that Kevin King not being able to suit up for this game, it kind of drops him a little bit in the fact that, you know, Stokes was able to step into his spot and kind of prove it and almost get that chance to take that spot from Kevin King. And I, I don't see many arguments as to why you would at this point start Kevin King over Eric Stokes. I think I think Kevin King is a great guy to have depth at the cornerback right. position, but he should not be the one at this point starting. Yeah, I, everything you said spot on there. I, I think it's it was really kind of the best case scenario for the the worst case for Kevin King because it wasn't an injury, it wasn't lack of po- like poor play, it was an illness. Right. Which we from what we've there's no there hasn't been anything that it's was anything serious or anything that's going to be you know terrible you don't want to see that but it gave eric stokes the opportunity to come out and perform while may, while still letting kevin king be the viable option of a, a viable option in the future in the in, in the right now um and I, I had kevin king down as well on my stock down i will say though i think if if we were playing like an actual like stock market here this would be kind of the time to buy Kevin King stock because I think with it, with this, this might be a blessing in disguise for Kevin King because now Eric Stokes, if he takes over as that cornerback number two role, 
and you know um and and he and now he's that guy that takes the pressure off of him and Kevin King can be in that slot role and maybe he finds a bit of a resurgence in that you know that that was kind of the talk was was he moves into that slot you know uh takes some of the pressure off of him he's not the guy anymore this could be a blessing disguise for for everybody and yeah so with Kevin King's stock being down it does mean Eric Stokes' stock goes way up, but I, I I do think Kevin King still still finds a place in here, and I think we see his stock rise later on in the season too. Oh yeah, this is this is not the time to sell your Kevin King stock for sure. I think that it's just it's going down, which like you said, you buy when it's low, and then um, I think that maybe that maybe watching Stokes go out there and kind of have that that battle to kind of, oh, here's a guy who's coming out here and trying to take my job. Maybe that kind of gives Kevin King a little bit of incentive to play better. And I I kind of feel like he should already have that. Being yeah. He's kind of on a prove-it year already. But, yeah, I mean, I, I still, I'm still holding on to hope for Kevin King. There's just something about him where I want to believe in him and I want to watch him succeed. So I'm still holding out hope for him, but... Yeah, I think, you know, maybe if he can step up his game and you have got you have Jair, Stokes, and King, and you can have that solid cornerback room because obviously guys were getting injured this last game and it was kind of like, oh no, not with Kevin King being out due to illness, maybe that does change the game for a negative. So I think that yeah, his stock is his stock is a little bit low right now simply because he couldn't play and Eric Stokes came and outperformed what he has shown the first two weeks, but I mean, we don't really know what next week holds, so we'll kind of see what the Packers mm. team up for that DB room. Yeah. Do, do you have any other uh, any other stock downs that you can you can think of? Any ones that we can target? <laughs> um, this is not stock down on the Packers, but the NFL officiating okay. stock. Okay, good. That was my that was my down. last one too. Good. I'm glad we got there yeah. finally. <laughs> I, I'm glad we're on the same page because we can't not talk about that with the yeah. stock down. <laughs> Oh, good God. I, I I hate, Janelle, I hate to be the guy that rags on the referees. Oh, no, I, I 100%. I hate when I have to bring referees into the discussion because it's like I don't ever want to blame them for anything that happens. But when I see Vikings and Bears fans tweeting about how bad the refing is against yes. the Packers, that's when I know it's okay for me to complain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I I mean let's let's let let's get the the big one out of the way. The hit on Devontae Adams. Oh my god. I, I I I wanted to go through my television screen and how is how is that hit allowed in a league where you flag anything that's even close to looking bad? You know, let alone let alone if it's an actual dirty hit or not. Right. You you throw that flag and then you review it. Right. You don't look at and I mean, like it it made me so angry because obviously you know the the way the camera crew was showing Devonte, he did not look okay. No. Like I was genuinely concerned that something serious was wrong, and thankfully everything was okay. And Tay shoved it down their faces and helped the the game winning <laughs> drive. And you know. It is what it is, but no, I mean, how how you cannot call that, it just enrages me because you focus, this league talks so much about player safety, and then a defenseless receiver takes a hit to the head like that, and there's just nothing, and it just, you know, it's frustrating because there's no, there's no sense of protection for, or for Devante, and it's just like, where where is this player safety, you know, our guy gets out, out there, he's laying on the ground, and yeah, it's just it's frustrating because there's no there's no regard for player safety in that situation. Yeah. And then to have I'm I'm pretty sure it it's still Terry McCauley. I forget exactly who it was. To have him come on the air on a national broadcast and say that the reason it was missed was because the official you can see how the, oh, the mechanics yeah. of the officials and and first, how that's a, that's a new system that they're trying out. Right. First off, 
I call complete bullcrap because I'm looking at the referee who's staring directly at the play. And 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 I'm sorry, I I, I know that it, I know that it's a hard job, but you're telling me that out of all those guys, out of everybody on that field, so no one saw that pit and said maybe we like let's throw let's throw it and discuss what we all saw yeah and also again even this this goes back to again you need to have an official in the sky watching everything that's being missed you don't need to put in rules about challenging pass interference or challenging this or challenging roughing the passer you need a guy that's going to catch the stuff that no that if, if, even if that is the mechanic have one guy that's watching TV at home and give him the cell phone number of the head official and say, hey, uh, Devontae Adams just got de- decapitated. Like, does anyone want to uh, call that real quick? You yeah, know, like this, this isn't the first time that Devontae has been targeted exactly. like this, but at least it's been called before. Right. That's what makes it just so frustrating. Yeah, you know, again, kind of referencing our hockey fandom, but, you know, every call goes through to Toronto. Right. Any questionable play. Maybe the NFL needs kind of somebody just in an office, like you said, kind of watching everything and they determine, like, you know what? Yep, this play happened and we're gonna call it, or no, this is clean. So yeah. And for for them to completely miss that, but then Jair yes. barely touches Garoppolo and it's, you know, flag central or you know, Amos trips a guy, which yeah, it was a trip, but you know, you catch that. So that's right. where it's really frustrating where it's like, okay, so you're picking and choosing who you want to protect. And Devontae Adams is somebody who, I mean, every player deserves to be protected, but it's really unfair to Devontae as a person to just neglect his his health like that. Right. And that's exactly – that more than anything, competitive balance or, or whatever, because, again, yeah, that is part of it. The Jerry Alexander hit is – 15 yards and an automatic first down. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a pretty crucial play to have nobody else double checking. That aside, if the if the standard is for those penalties for roughing the passer, for unnecessary roughness, for tripping, those are all based on player safety. It's not so much the competitive advantage as it is player safety. And so if you are truly committed to player safety with those penalties, you need somebody up there that is catching all of them. Yeah. 100%. Otherwise, otherwise it's a, it's an empty gesture and, and, and it's, and it's pointless at that point. But I'm really glad that they're so focused on the taunting penalty. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Like I've just seen so much bad refing across all, like so many games in these first three weeks, but my gosh, I, I just couldn't believe the way that the that the way things were working and yeah, it, yeah, it was really it, frustrating. I, I just get so frustrated when the refs try and control the narrative of the game. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna let guys play, let them play on both sides. Don't pick and choose because you know the the intentional grounding that was missed, like yep. the the spotting of the ball. Uh, I can't remember what down it was, but I feel like people. Oh, were, that oh, yes, almost forgot about that one. It's, it's just, there was just so much. So, you know, it was really nice, especially to see the Packers be able to not only fight the adversity of playing the, the 49ers who are a tough team and they're a little bit banged up, but to also have to kind of play against the refs a little bit. And mm-hmm. it, it's really funny because, you know, scrolling through my, my Twitter timeline today, I do see the people who I think the NFL posted something and then you get all the comments like, Oh yeah, Packers squad looked great, and it's the refs, and it's like you clearly didn't watch the game, right? If you're like some people are just so stuck on that narrative that they the love Packers the narrative, all the calls, where it's like, come on now, this this is one of those games I hate, I hate having to bring up the refs because I don't want to ever like put blame on them, but I think everybody knows, and there's still people like un- not understanding the the DPI on Stokes, like I, I don't understand what he's supposed to do there. There's nothing there. So, yeah, no, it, there, it, there was nothing even ever, ever there. Um, yeah. So I so I think that that pretty much covers all of that. Um, you know, we we hit on all I think we really hit on all of the the negatives 
the, the very few that there were. Yeah, it, it's nice when we we kind of before we hopped on a recording, we're like, we don't really have a lot. And that's right. a really good feeling. <laughs> it's a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Janelle, I say in two weeks, let's let's do this again. Let's let's let's, let's record another podcast after another Green Bay Packer ass kicking. How does that sound? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think who that would be. Yeah, I'm trying to off the top of my head because it's Steelers, uh, Steelers next week, and then after that, it should be. I'm trying to trying to pull it up like real quick. It's Steelers next week, and then oh, the Bengals. That's okay, right. I it's two it NFC North. Yeah, I was kind of wondering. I was. It's kind of odd to have them back to back, you know, just because they're yeah in their division like that. But yeah, that I I. I would be shocked if we didn't get to have an episode like this, but you know, Bengals. That's always they, they a tough surprise one. You. I, I'm, weird. Not gonna, I'm not going to get comfortable. Yeah. I, any I, team can I hate playing do. Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, Janelle, we'll, we'll, we'll pencil this in for two weeks from two weeks from today. We'll do another stock up stock down report after, uh, after a couple NFC or AFC North uh, opponents coming up. Um, anything that you want to uh, promote coming up this week, Janelle, and let the people know where they can find you. Yeah. So like I say, you can always find my work in the link tree link in my Twitter bio. Twitter is mostly where you'll find all my stuff. Um, I have obviously packet packet day every other Tuesday. Um, on Tuesdays I do open book with Zach and Eli on game on Wisconsin. Uh, I now am working with Packer Report, so I have a player article that drops every Thursday morning, as well as the preview show with Ross. Um, I also do an NFL countdown show on Sunday mornings on the Say It Again Network. So yeah, I really hope you like my content because I am just <laughs> all there's over a lot the place. of it. Yeah, <laughs> if you like it, it, it's it's out there. There's plenty of it. Yeah, um, I am uh, I am on Twitter DK all the way. If you want to find me. Um, you can find me every Wednesday as well on Game on Wisconsin's YouTube channel on Lombardi's Bar, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. And uh, then you can also grab my article for Game on Wisconsin every Friday, The Leap, coming out uh, just some random musings and, and stuff like that that you can find there. And then, of course, every other week here with uh, Janelle and Eli Bergovitz usually joining us uh, should be next next time we're here. should be the three amigos all back again, um, hopefully after – two shellackings of two terrible AFC North opponents, (laughs) fingers crossed. Um, But uh, until then guys, savor the next several days of more Aaron Rodgers highlights on ESPN every single morning and go Paco. Go Paco. Go Paco.